The Battle of the Labyrinth, Chapter 7. Tyson leads a jailbreak. The good news? The left tunnel was straight with no side exits, twists, or turns. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. Good news. The left tunnel was gay. Wait, huh? <laughs> what? Because the first line was the good news is the left tunnel was straight. and Oh, 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 I understand. Oh. I understand. I understand. Apologies for being so dense. Get on top of it, Ava. Sorry. <laughs> Dishonoring my community. <laughs> Alrighty. Welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. This week, we will be discussing chapters seven and eight of The Battle of the Labyrinth. Tyson leads a jailbreak, and we visit the Demon Dude Ranch through the theme of Taylor Swift's album, Reputation. Taylor Swift's album. Just specifically. (laughs) Analyzing it through the theme of the music in the album. Yeah, we can only speak in lyrics from Reputation. Yeah. I like that. So this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> and that means that Ava is summarizing. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I don't I know think I get you. better at, at segues each week. I think, I don't know whether to feel insulted or just complete, you know, I don't know. All right. Um, I don't know how you should take it. I, oh, also, right. also we should uh, give a heads up to the listeners that Ava's neighbors are playing guitar and singing. So really, if you hear any of that in the background. I'm unfortunately in um, a dorm building where there are suites of eight of us. And frankly, I love my situation, but the people around us are not always quiet. And that's okay. But, you know, if you hear anything, it's not just fun background music. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky because I think, I don't think any of my roommates are here right now. Hmm. Yeah, none of my roommates are here either. Oh you don't God. have roommates. <laughs> I live in a single. My house so is I'm just doing very great. Qui- my house is very quiet, and I think I think one of my roommates is still asleep. It's at three forty eight on a Saturday. Oh wow! I mean, fair. <laughs> fair. I'm only awake because we're recording, right? I'm like, so <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eva, are you ready? Am I? <laughs> I it's mean, a, just do it. I think I'm going to leave out a lot, but, you know. Some chunky chapters this week, so. <laughs> You're very correct. All right. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Um, They run into Briarius, who, there's not a U, but there is when I studied him, so I'm just going to pronounce his name like that. And he's one of the hundred-handed giants, or, like, Hecatonkeries, if you want to get all, um, you know, professional. Just kidding. But anyway, um, Tyson is like, you're my idol. And then um, I'll, and then they run into, like, the dragon lady, um, like, Comfey, and she tries to kill them, and it doesn't actually end up happening, and they go back into the labyrinth, and I haven't even hit the second chapter yet. Oh, no! Um, um, Minos and a farmer. <laughs> I do love the, like, the panic of the last five seconds is always the funniest part of our episodes. <laughs> yeah. I also love that you spent 15 seconds of your 30 discussing pronunciations of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of Briaris and Hecatonkeries, and I think it was important. Yeah. 
Should we, Neve, should we fill in what she left out? <laughs> Perhaps. It's going to take you a while. Um, I, you, I mean, you, I think you pretty, pretty well summarized chapter seven. I, think. I agree. I agree. Oh, also Tyson is the one who like saves them and he throws some yeah. ice cream yeah. at her. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the, the demon dude ranch. There's a bunch of animals in captivity. Yeah. It is simultaneously a message about animal cruelty and the military industrial complex. Yup. Um, and the guy whose name sounds like Charon or Karen, but isn't <laughs> because there's only like three names in Greek mythology, apparently. Um, yeah. He is like, I will sell Nico to Luke. It was a long chapter, but that pretty much summarizes what happens <laughs> in it. Yeah, I Oh my god, and the, and the, the, the whole uh, Daedalus Icarus story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was such a big part of it, too. <laughs> True. I guess. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> if we really have to. Um, all right. My song selections for this week yes. are kind of on the nose. Um, but so the, the first one is more creative. The second one's just simply on the nose. The first one for chapter seven is the chain by Fleetwood Mac. Um, I think it's a, a cool, uh, getaway song that like, <laughs> they're like with Briaris playing, playing rock, paper, scissors, and they break out and it's like the slow part of the song and it can't become something. It's like the do, 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 um, part and they're running away and Tyson is saving them all. And I like that. I spent like half an hour trying to find a good like running away song. I am really disappointed that I, I couldn't running away I, song. pick a good reputation song. You're discussing runaway songs and getaway car is right in front you of the way. You didn't even look at getaway car. I did look at getaway car. Getaway car simply didn't feel correct though. They're not in a car. <laughs> Car is a metaphor. <laughs> no, but the they car are, is a metaphor. Car is a metaphor. It felt. I don't know. That also felt like I should save that song for a better moment. I don't know if there is a better moment, but anyways, my second song <laughs> is very on the nose. It is Icarus by Bastille. Um, I've been waiting for this one. It's <laughs> a good song, and it just is. Icarus is flying too close to the sun. Um, yep. I, I can't literally. elaborate anymore. It's very literal. It's very <laughs> yeah. straightforward. Bastille loves to write about like classical stuff. It's really fun. I actually I, love that for them. I am a big Bastille fan, actually. Which I is know only a few. Me songs, too. But I, I do good. like their stuff. They're really good. How and many they do, people I feel are. like I feel like we had how many people they how many people they still <laughs> members hold on I'm googling it right now oh my god five four I mean that, no way that, there's five four I, to five so, there could be there are four to five ah, members the, of Bastille the, of the band Bastille <laughs> yes <laughs> oh it began as a solo project mm. Oh, mm. it's always like a game of like, is this one man or a band? 
Okay, Rascal Flats, just say it. <laughs> Rascal Flats is a band. Who knew? I, I always knew Rascal Flats was a band. I did not know. Well, isn't it nice to think you're better than us? <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why I stuttered so much saying that, but <laughs> it was kind of sad. Anyways, what did we forget? Literally the whole thing. I think that's why I struggled to summarize because I did not remember any of this. When I say I don't remember this book, I do mean it to the nth degree. Here he is. I'm going to mute myself now so you can't hear my neighbors. <laughs> I, I feel like I remember the scenes a lot, but like not the specifics of them. I didn't remember any of all the details about Demon Dude Ranch. Um, I what's his name? Is it Karen? 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 Someone help me! I don't really know what you're trying to get at. The the, the ranch Gur-yon? guy, like Gur-yon? like it's it's spelled like Guryon, but I think yeah. that's so ugly. So I feel like there's probably an alternate pronunciation. The audiobook pronounces it like Karen, and that's I feel not like right. Garyon. Garyon, like Garyon, yeah, Garyon, strong maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Garyon. As in Garyon? <laughs> I... <laughs> what a great reference. Of course. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, anyways, I, I knew he was weird, but I didn't remember in what way he was weird, you know? Because this seems to be the the book of weird weird bodies. <laughs> like, especially these two chapters, we have Briaris, the, like all those hands and his faces and then Garion with his three torsos, which is much more freaky of an image than I remember it being. And Snake Lady had a belt of like heads. Snake Lady did have a belt of heads. <laughs> she did. Uh, like you'd think it would be enough to just have like dragon body. She said no. You'd mm. think she would be happy <laughs> with just the mm. dragon body, <laughs> but no. <laughs> Belt of heads. Belt of heads. It was interesting. We I, I put out a, a poll on Instagram uh, the past week and asked like people what like monsters and stuff they're excited for in this book. Um, and a, a lot of people said uh, Briaris and uh, Camp Campy. So I, I just thought it was interesting that that we could see them now because Campy is fucking freaky. So scary. I remember that scene well. Mostly because I was like, how did they get to Alcatraz so fast? <laughs> like, I remember being very confused as to the distance thing. But, you know, I don't think there is a logical explanation for that. And that's okay. Um, but, yeah, I remember that scene because it was terrifying. I did like how in the beginning of the chapter, Percy was like, so... I don't think we could have gotten to San Francisco this fast, but Annabeth says we did, so she has to be right. (laughs) She normally is. Although I do want to say, I think what made this scene stand out to me and made it so scary and made me remember it was it's one of the first scenes ever that they're like, we cannot fight this. Yeah. Like we're four books in and this is one of the first scenes where they are like, we just need to escape. Because there is no, like Percy literally says, no way we can win. 
like we just have to get back into the labyrinth because we cannot win against this monster and that was like oh oh no (laughs) maybe this isn't going to work out very well when they have when they eventually have to go to war with all of these monsters if they can if they like very consciously know they cannot win against this one this book does a good job at raising the stakes every chapter like it keeps getting more and more fucking intense it does also i have a lot of respect for percy being like i don't think i can take her you know it does show a lot of growth in him it is a lot of growth because it's it's both us seeing the first time where we're like oh we really can't fight this monster and then also the first time where percy's like admitting to himself that he can't fight this monster because he does like in the last book he's like a titan might as well (laughs) but it's it's where it changes from oh i'm fighting to complete my quest to to achieve some things and now they're fighting to survive yeah yeah which is kind of really sad they're children. They are only children. But we ones. Uh, <laughs> that was weird. Sorry. I don't know where that came from. Uh, I'm trying to think of it, what else I forgot in the second chapter. Just all the little details of the ranch. I forgot there was so much at the ranch. All I remember are the, the fire-breathing horses that eat people. Um, That's real. I- Oh, and the, oh, I already forgot his name. The the other guy, the half-leg guy. <laughs> he had the sword tattoo. I don't know why I remember that he had, had a sword tattoo, but not his name. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, a, it's something like Orion or something. All three of us read the chapter and I can't believe none of us remember his name. <laughs> I was like the lack of focus was absurd when I went through these chapters. Um, but I can look for the name. I did. Or, I was like, Oh yeah, I do have the book in front of me. Was it the one that we just uh, like figured out the pronunciation for? No, that's, that's, that's Gary. Yeah. But the, the, the half blood dude. The, oh, 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 I can't pronounce that. Spell it. E-U-R-Y-T-I-O-N. Eurition? I, that sounds completely wrong, but I don't know how else you would pronounce it, you know? It's a guess from, like, letters that I retained, but I still haven't found it. Hold on. <laughs> drive, a, drive a roll up the Eurition, please. <laughs> yeah, I do think it is that, maybe, I don't know, just based off of, like, in Orthus, the two-headed dog, Fanatic. he couldn't quite be Severus, <laughs> but he tries best. Little angry boy. All right, then we will take a quick break before we come back and talk about Taylor Swift's album Reputation. <laughs> all right, we're back, and I'm sorry to disappoint all our listeners, but we're not really actually talking about Taylor Swift's album Reputation. We could. I mean, we could. What are your What are your favorite songs off Reputation? <laughs> We're I just going to talk about it. I mean, I I'm will. Dead. You want me to? Yes, I I posed a question. Getaway I would like car. To answer. I getaway good car. Choice. I love Getaway Car, and also Unpopular Opinion. And I think I'm going to lose respect for this, but I absolutely love Gorgeous. 
I also really like gorgeous. Okay, so many people I know are like, it sucks. It's so cheesy. It's terrible. And then they listen to Starlight off of Red. And I'm like, Starlight is not good. I know. And I'm like, I have to go. If you don't like gorgeous and you like Starlight, mm. it's probably between. I also really like King of of My Heart. I love King of My Heart. I know it's trying to like it. I know it's cheesy, but. I've been trying to like it for so long. And I'm no, it's amazing. It's not, but I'm getting there. I'm trying to brainwash myself. I'm also a big fan of dress. Oh my god, I love dress. I also love dancing with our hands tied. I think it's because we were dancing, dancing with our hands tied, hands hands tied. A monologue. (laughs) A monologue. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. I also don't blame me. Always goes hard. Um, That's real. And so does I did something bad. Like those two songs always go absolutely crazy. So I just I like a lot of the songs off Reputation. I mean, they good as you should. They yeah. do be good. All right, okay. but where now do we, we can actually talk about the theme? Now that we got we had that to get that important business out of the way first, we had to release it from our system. The first place I see Reputation is in Briaris. And how Tyson builds him up and is like, this, they stand as tall as mountains, <laughs> or they stand as tall as the sky and they can throw mountains. Um, and he, it's a little lesson in this, the, these chapters become very serious all of a sudden and are kind of depressing. <laughs> and this, this moment is like, uh, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for sure. What is that? What is it? Parable? I think is the, yes, parable is the word I'm looking for. And we see him build up. He's like, this is the greatest man I have ever known. <laughs> and then <laughs> he meets him and is like, oh, little bitch. <laughs> that was funny. But it's true. Um, also, I, I was looking up the pronunciation for the name that we are confused on and um it's giving me two things it's, it's giving me Eurition, but it's also giving me um Eurition. oh Eurydian? how about it's Eurydian? A, it's n- no like oh. i watched a video that was like pronounced names and it was like Eurition, <laughs> and i was like whoa that can't be right <laughs> let's go with Eurition. okay <laughs> okay and more umbriaris I, I am brought to mind the conversation he has with Percy and when they're talking about how this is the first time we learn that immortal beings can can die, but it's about their reputation. It's about how well they're known. Like they, they have to be known and in the conscience of of the the world has to recognize them and remember them for them to like have power to survive, which is interesting. It makes me think of, I don't know if either of you have watched the red American gods by Neil Gaiman. I'm sure people in our audience have, there's, there's a big crossover in, in uh, genre there, but like the whole premise of that is like gods are, are made by what we believe in and belief is what makes things real. And we see that here that it's, and Percy poses a, a good question about reputation, 
which is, does the world recognizing you make you real or does you recognizing yourself make you real? Damn. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Like it says something interesting and not to bring it back to Taylor Swift, but like the reputation of, of society tells you who you should be in a way. And when that stops lining up or when you stop getting that attention that like boosts your reputation, you can stop believing in yourself and obviously it can be on a big scale, like a superstar like Taylor Swift also makes me think of Britney a, a lot, but it also can be at the base level, just like any normal person has a reputation to uphold with all the people they meet and whatever you're known for being can kind of become who you are because that's what people convince you of. And sometimes if that doesn't line up or, or you lack that that assurance from outside, you can stop believing in yourself like Briaris. It's true. I feel like it's like a push and pull. Yeah. Like, I feel like originally you kind of like, you have this sense. Well, I mean, everyone grows, grows up very influenced, like in everything that they do. So, but I feel like at some point people cultivate a sense of like, that I'm comfortable with this being myself, quote unquote. And then if you get this like significant amount of pressure from the outside like it may feel positive you know like it may feel good like you may be in a a good environment and still want to conform or like part of you wants to conform um I feel like that can you know if the pressure is significant enough and if you let it weigh on yourself enough um it can't like you can sort of become the person that other people have created in their head you know of you or like the image um so it's really it's like a seesaw, you know, it's really strange. I don't know. I, Ooh, it's weird to think about. (laughs) It is one of those things that I don't think we think about a lot because it's so ingrained in us. It's like just a factor of interacting with people that people make assumptions about you and that's your reputation. Uh, Like seeing with, with Briaris Tyson's like, Oh, this, this is someone who is strong. This is, someone who is powerful and you see him and he's not and he doesn't see himself that way but later on in the book we know that he ends up coming back and that belief of from outside from Tyson looking up to his hero kind of convinces Briaris that maybe he is worth something like sometimes it's not good to be dependent on other people's view of you for your like mental health or stability but sometimes you do need outside validation just to remind you to keep going that you're on the right track and that can motivate you to do big things for sure yeah what other places do we see reputation That was honestly the main one for me. Yeah, I honestly. <laughs> you explained um, it very well. Thanks. Yeah, you really did. It was also a good conversation, even though it was like relatively quick. Um, 
Yeah. Aside from that, I, I have to like dig around in my yeah. brain. Yeah. We see a little with it with Campy uh, because they talk about, they tell her like backstory and it's like, oh, she's, that's, it's interesting there because Campy's reputation is what keeps Briaris in check because they have this past together where she's the one who imprisoned all the Hecatontries and the Cyclopses in the past. So we'll not have that conversation again. The plural of Cyclops. Um, (laughs) Nope, 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 nope. We can't do it. We can't. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But Campy doesn't actively do anything in this scene to physically harm Briaris. He is simply scared of her because he knows what she can do. And that's how a lot of the big bads in in the series are work. Like we don't see Kronos actively do anything until the last book. But it's his reputation, it's the knowledge that he's bad <laughs> and evil <laughs> and powerful, and how people talk about him are what make make people fear him. Mm. True. I also, this is kind of a half-baked point, but I think, um, like, reputation, it's, I said that in a really weird way. <laughs> reputation? Reputation? No. Um, yes, uh, the more we say it, say it, the less it, it feels like a real word. <laughs> I agree. Um, but it's funny because we were just talking about sort of how much it can sway, like, individuality and stuff. But at the same time, I feel like with seeing the um, Garion or whatever, yeah, um, it was like the cowboy, um, but with seeing him and sort of people are like, oh, powerful, you know, like, I'm sure like he has, like, he at least has like a mythological, like, quote unquote, like following or whatever. Um, so I think that a lot of people at least like, not like respect him, but know of him. And like, he is known as like relatively powerful or notable. Um, but at the same time, like, you read this in modern day and you're like, oh, animal cruelty, you suck, you know? Yeah. So it's like the contrasting reputations, you know, can in a way like reduce him to like, oh, he doesn't actually, you know, what is he actually, you know, which, you know, I don't know. Like those two, the two ideas that like we've talked about kind of like chase each other and like, there's no way to like let them live together, but it's, they're both interesting, I think. It also makes me think of Daedalus, too, and, like, when your reputation becomes a false image of yourself, uh, Daedalus is a foil for Annabeth in this book. Uh, Their fatal flaws are both hubris. Uh, They both think that they can do it better, and we see uh, in the scene the whole, whole story of Icarus is about, and Daedalus is about hubris, um, in both of them and it's a case of Daedalus is told he's the most smart person in the world and as far as he know he's proved it and yeah. therefore when something he doesn't do or does something he makes doesn't work it shatters his, his whole like self-image because suddenly what everyone's telling him he is and what he is now telling himself isn't true. Yeah. And we also see that reputation influence Icarus when he's like, oh, everyone knows like my dad is the best 
inventor. He is the smartest man. He is never going to build anything that won't work and I won't be safe in. He feels so safe and so confident in his father that he isn't concerned when he goes out to fly because he trusts that whatever his father built will keep him safe. Unfortunately, man's, Unfortunately. man's died. <laughs> so. Yeah. Hmm. This is not relating to do to reputation, but I, I would like to talk about um, our little like political analogy that we have in chapter eight, where the um, demon dude ranch, triple G ranch, I got there, um, is like a metaphor for the military industrial complex. <laughs> Indeed. It was Weirdly so enough. heavy handed. It was so heavy-handed, too. Yeah, it really wasn't subtle. I I think it's interesting because they do a similar thing weird to Star Wars The Last Jedi and the thing that people don't like about that movie. But it's like, hey, I'm not bad because I'm selling... We see him selling weapons to both sides. He's supplying Cronus' army, but he's also selling things to Camp Half-Blood. So it's a weird thing about how capitalism is the greatest evil. It's also like the idea of like, you don't need loyalty, you know, you can work in your own self-interest because capitalism sucks, but um, (laughs) like, you don't need to be loyal to a cause to do your job, you know? Yeah. And like people like political, like the media, like in, in regards to if they see anyone just like doing them, you know, and it not, you know and they don't have to pick a loyalty for like an actual moral reason um like for other people or whatever like they love to you know demonize those people yeah I think the the the, these books set up a very bipartisan premise where it's like you are either on the god side or on the titan side and this is what each of them mean Mm-hmm. but it also at the same time does a good job of showing why that's wrong it's an interesting critique of of, a, of the bipartisan setup because it these books are the most interesting when we explore why that's not true um because we, we we watch our main characters percy and annabeth and grover work against the systems that are set up against them that perpetuate a bunch of the problems that the that Luke's side is fighting against, but in like the wrong fucking way. Yeah. And so like these books are about like compromise in a way. <laughs> like finding the middle ground. Mm-hmm. But middle not ground is like the an interesting term because I do agree to a certain extent. Oh. Sorry, they just made a weird noise. Um, but it, I guess it is middle ground, but it's like... It's not quite middle. I know what you're saying. It's, it's like, seeing the cause. It's basically seeing that the other side d- 
does come from a valid perspective in the sense of the Olympians, like seeing that, you know, we are demigods are upset about this and taking a, trying to separate the cause from the execution. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like there is no middle ground between like violent uprising from already known evil methods, you know, and there, there, you can't really find a middle ground between that position and that method, but like the cause should definitely be looked at. Yes. It's like, that's what we see in the, the final chapters of Last Olympian is the mm-hmm. Percy being like, so here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> what you want to do is not necessarily what you're, you're gonna, gonna do. do. Uh, <laughs> and and we, we see that in these chapters that, that there are people operating outside of this bipartisan view of the world. We see Garion, who's simply just like, going where the money goes and he says that he's like I don't really care I'm simply making money because that's what I want to do which is a very American thing and also we see Nico who very much operates outside he ends up on the like the good side the god side in the end but we see him for most of the books operate in this gray area where he's He's not on the gods' side, but he's not on Kronos' side because all he wants is his sister. Yeah, he's true neutral in this situation. He's completely removed. <laughs> he does not care for, about the different partisan arguments. He just wants yeah. to see his sister. And it's interesting because he's, he is completely removed and then both sides want him. Like, yeah. Nico doesn't care, but, like, Luke wants... He doesn't know Nico is a son of Hades yet, but when he do, he will, you know? He's yeah. gonna... He, he wants... He wants to win. And however that's gonna happen, including Nico. And then Percy wants Nico because he doesn't want Nico to become evil. We see a weird, like... <laughs> Percy and Nico's relationship is very strange. Because at some points, they want to kill each other. Actually, mostly Percy's view of Nico is always strange. Because sometimes he's like, this is the kid who's going to kill me. And we need to stop him. And then sometimes he's like, poor little baby, must protect. Well, that's probably, like, because of guilt. It is. (laughs) You know, he doesn't... I think that he is mostly scared of Nico at this point because he does think Nico's out to kill him, even though Nico isn't. But, you know, we don't know that yet because um, he sees, he understands why. Like, that must be really fucking frightening yeah. to, like, not only know someone's out to kill you, but also understand why they would want to do that. Yeah. yeah, that's terrifying. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I think we've talked about this here before, that Nico is... Percy if he lost his mom in the lightning thief yeah and so it they have an interesting foil there where Nico is dark Percy (laughs) and I think Percy just very much sees that and I think they're very similar in those ways and I think Percy just feels insanely responsible for everything that's happened to him because he is a little bit. Period. 
like he's not like completely like he don't deserve to die for it obviously but he could have stopped Bianca he could have done it all right sass moments yes I have my page open I'm scared that we're all gonna have a similar one we'll see we'll see I'm still finding mine. So, so Neef, would you like to go? Hold on. Oh, this is not a sass moment, but it's just funny. Honestly, this is for me. This is sass moments and things that Tyson says that are funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's page one twenty four. It's right after. um, Yeah, it's right after like. Tyson meets his hero um, and he leaves and Ty- it, it goes Tyson sobbed it's okay Grover hesitantly pats his shoulder which must have taken all his courage Tyson sneezed it is not okay goat boy <laughs> like, it literally wasn't even funny like it wasn't even meant to be a joke like it was meant to be like oh that's really sad he's like lost this hero but that was mad funny just to imagine Grover being like it's okay, like it'll be okay. Even though Grover like really <laughs> hates is this not. person, and it, it is, is not, not okay. okay. Go, go boy. boy. <laughs> oh. It's very funny. That's funny. I also have a Tyson moment. Um, okay, let me see. Am I muted? No, I'm not. Okay, um, I don't know what the pages are because I have a PDF hold up, um, but. It says Tyson solved that problem by hitting the cattle grid with both hands. It popped off and went flying out of sight. We heard her clang and heard a startled moo. Tyson blushed. Sorry, cow. He called. <laughs> oh, that was funny. I love just the way he phrases things. Sometimes Truly. just really, really hits, you know? It does. Mine was also kind of not a funny moment. It was simply just like kind of meme. <laughs> and I liked it. Um it is on page 145, chapter 8. Uh, wait a second, I said. I thought I was the soul you wanted. Nico looked at me like I was crazy. You? Why would I want you? Bianca's soul is worth a thousand of yours. <laughs> exactly. I like facts. That I just, I love Percy being knocked down a peg a little bit when he thinks everything's about him. And Nico's just, that never crossed, I just like that shows it never crossed his mind. He's like, What? <laughs> Why don't I be going after you? Yeah. Like, you're so fucking irrelevant. <laughs> All right. Who are we giving offerings for this week? Anyone else want to go first? Because I'm still deciding between two. So. I'm also deciding between two. Um, I have no clue where I want to go. I think this. I have to give mine to Tyson. Mm, I think okay. I have to. That eliminates one of my choices, then. That's good. I was thinking about Tyson or Nico. Um, but Tyson, he gets his, like, dreams crushed. He meets his, his hero, and his hero is not what he wants it to be. And then he proceeds to take it upon himself to save his his brother and his friends. Um, and he just, he just does really good. I don't know. I'm, like, tearing up. <laughs> 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 he does really good. He does. Aww. I think I have to hop on that train. I I think I also give mine to Tyson because I was debating between Tyson and Nico, but like 
Tyson just does so well. He just does so well. <laughs> he really does. I mean, I don't, I'm not like the biggest fan of like three for one. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think I was actually, it's funny. I was thinking about giving it to Percy, um, but I don't think I will. Okay, good. Um, I think I'm going <laughs> to give it to Nico. <laughs> Okay, um, he deserves he deserves at least one. He, he does deserve at least one. He this poor boy, like he misses his sister so much. It's so sad. Um so that him. Beautiful. So that, yes, him. Yes. All right. Who are we voting off the island? I mean, I'll go first. Mine's Gary and uh man's is both perpetuating the military industrial complex and animal cruelty at the same time. So two for one deserves at least one, <laughs> one vote off. I have to agree. <laughs> Are you jumping on? I am indeed. Damn it. <laughs> I knew like, this was going to happen. So that's like, why I jumped yes, off. Cause it was like a really bad, like it's obviously everything this, sh- like we have mentioned in this show, like, we always talk about how much we hate capitalism. And here it is. Like, this is it. Maybe. And here it is. Like, so I think I, I think this, it makes sense. I'll also jump on that. Yeah, I think, I think a, a unanimous vote down for capitalism uh, <laughs> is, is, the, is the wave. And all right, folks, that wraps up our review of Taylor Swift's album, Refusation. <laughs> stream it now on apple music and spotify Mm -hmm. and also give us a review on apple music but join us next week where we will be discussing (laughs) oh my god chapters nine and ten i scoop poop and we play the game show of death through the theme of stubbornness Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on all the platforms that matter. Uh, we also have a Patreon and a Redbubble store and a website, returntocamp.com. Returntocamp.com.com.com. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.